Uh, good morning, guys. Um, so with your hand out there, the, uh, the key idea for the message this morning is that God sent plagues on Pharaoh and his people for refusing to let the Israelites go. Each plague demonstrated God's power over the false gods of Egypt. Pharaoh's magicians were mo- no match for the true God. Uh, so let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning and for this time that we can gather on your word. We know your word is truth. Quiet our hearts and quiet our minds. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us and let your word speak to us in a way that we will gain something from it and be able to use it this next week. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, uh, very familiar passage about Pharaoh or Moses going to Pharaoh and asking to let the people go. And um, in Exodus 5.1, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh's response, who is the Lord and, what sh- and that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel grow. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's, this isn't starting out very well at all. Um, Pharaoh has no idea under what authority is Moses asking this, and he doesn't want to let his people the Israelites go. They've been too, um, too good to him, um, so to speak. Uh, he, they're, they're, they're his slaves, and um, he's not going to do anything that will jeopardize his building projects that he has going on. So um, Pharaoh's initial reaction to this first of many requests from Moses was to increase the hardships and labor of the Hebrew slaves. So here we have Moses coming in, say, hey guys, I'm going to ask for your freedom. And they said, cool, will the elders approve that? And they went out, and Moses did his thing. And all of a sudden, there was a lot of hardships. They took away the straw, or had to find their own straw to to make these bricks, and it it wasn't good. And so uh, God's people immediately began to question his plan for them by complaining to Moses. And when Moses questioned God, God reminded him of a couple of very important things that... uh, First of all, I am the Lord, and then the covenant that he made with his people to give them to the land of Canaan. He is faithful, and he is powerful, and he will accomplish what he has promised. And we know how the story ends, but they had to wrestle with God, and they had to learn the hard way that God is in control, and God's will will be done. Um, so... So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and um, one of the things that they did to, uh, to show them that they were from God and God is more powerful uh, included a miraculous sign beginning with Aaron's staff and continuing through the plagues brought about Egypt because of Pharaoh's hardened heart. We know what happened with the staff that uh, Aaron threw down the staff, and it turned to a snake. And um, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh brought in his magicians, and they did the same thing. Um, we don't know if it was either by, uh, like, switch and bait type of thing or if it was demonic powers that actually did it. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but they tried to keep up with Aaron and, and said, hey, we can do this same thing. So, uh, all right. So despite Moses' protest, God still intended to use Moses to call Pharaoh to set the Israelites free. As we know, Moses did not feel like he was adequate. He, wasn't, he didn't think he could speak well enough, 
And so therefore, he gave Aaron the uh, responsibility of actually speaking to, to the people. God used Moses as a prophet, but then they used Aaron as the mouthpiece for, for Moses. So um, let's look at uh, what, what passage that we're, we're talking about here in Exodus 4. Uh, Exodus 4, 29 through 31, just to start out with. I'm going to kind of jump around. Um, Exodus 4, 29 through 31. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of, the pe- of Israel, all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and they worshiped. All right, so let's jump, keep on going into uh, the first five verses of Exodus 5. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go on a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you may rest. Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. So uh, Pharaoh was not going to have anything of it. So uh, let's jump to Exodus 6. Uh, well, Exodus 6, 28, starting in verse 28, starts the... Uh, Yeah, 628. On the, on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, the Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that I say to you. But Moses said to Aaron, Behold, I am, um, I am of uncircumcised lips, but will Pharaoh listen to me? And it uh, goes on, and like I said before, Aaron becomes the, uh, the mouthpiece of, of Moses. So... Um, so Moses was to tell Pharaoh that all that God had said to him and Moses was the prophet speaking the words that God said to speak to Pharaoh Um, did Moses respond to God's command with obedience no he didn't um, like he said, I am a man of uncircumcised lips, meaning he didn't have the speech or he didn't think he had the speech, the proper speech to, to talk to, to, to God. Um, God would speak to Moses in his, as his prophet, and Aaron would physically speak for Moses, imitating the, the, the first relationship. It may be that Moses spoke in Hebrew and Aaron translated as an Egyptian. All right. Uh, so what sign did they do to prove themselves before Pharaoh? Aaron's staff was thrown on the ground and it became a serpent. So uh, 
Were Pharaoh's magicians able to replicate it? Mm, yes. Yes, they were. Um, there's a phrase in here that's only mentioned in this one passage in the Bible. What does the phrase secret arts mean? This is the only place this word appears, and it is related to the idea of flaming. It may refer to some type of illusion, like a puff of smoke or flame, used to obscure the trick or distract those watching. It may also be that these sorcerers were tapping into the power of Satan to accomplish these tricks. Um, while the Egyptians were able to present, to present snakes, um, what did it mean that Aaron's snake swallowed at the others? God's power is greater, exactly. God is in, God is in control. All right. Okay, uh, let's look at these plagues. We're not going to read the whole passage. It's a pretty long passage, and, uh, but I've pretty much summarized it. Uh, so the, the first plague was the Nile turned to blood. That was, must have been a pretty different sight. Uh, the fish died, and it stank. Um, and because of that, there was no water to drink. And um, in verse 22 of chapter 7, the magicians did the same thing. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So this, the magicians were, were showing that, hey, we can do this stuff too. And they have done it. And they, as we'll see, they'll do it in the next few, few plagues. So um, even though uh, things uh, are, are, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And even though the, after the first plague was done, um, he still hardened his heart. The second one was the frogs. The frogs were everywhere. Um, magicians performed the same miracle. They um, produced frogs to, to come into play. Um, but after that was done, Pharaoh relented and acknowledged the, the Lord, finally. And the frogs died, but after a short respite, the Pharaoh changed his mind and the hardship and he hardened his heart again. All right, so going on number three, which is the, the gnats everywhere. And, um, but this time, the magicians could not mimic to produce the gnats. In eight, verse eight, verse, or chapter eight, verse 18, the magicians tried their secret arts to produce gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on men and beasts. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. So even though the magicians were acknowledging, hey, this is the hand of God, um, Pharaoh said, nope, I'm not going to give in. So uh, number four was the flies. The Israelites must go, because of this, um, Moses was asking that the Israelites must go on a three days journey away from the Egyptians so that they could sacrifice. Um, and Israel won't want to see the abomination of these sacrifices. So Moses was saying, hey, we need to go. We need to sacrifice to our God. But these sacrifices are going to be an abomination to the Egyptians. So we need, we need to go out, out of their presence. Um, at first, Pharaoh said yes. But then he changed his mind after a short Reprieve from the flies. All right. Uh, number five was the death of the livestock. Um, livestock died, 
except for the Israelites ones. So all the Egyptian livestock died, but the ones for the Israelites, all the, uh, the animals that the Israelites had, they didn't die. Um, Pharaoh's heart was hardened again, but he wouldn't let his people go. All right, number six, the boils. Um, it says that the magicians were affected first, but then the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. So uh, let's see, where's that verse at there? Yeah, in, in verse uh, t- 10, 9, 10. Chapter 9, verse 10. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it in the air, and it became boils breaking out in the sores of man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, and the boils came upon the magicians and upon the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had spoken to Moses. So once again... Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. Uh, number seven, the hail. Uh, Moses went to Pharaoh. It says, thus says the Lord, more plagues will be sent so that you may know that there is more like me in the earth. So here again, it's all pointing to God. This whole dilemma was to show Pharaoh that God is in control and that Pharaoh had no power against God and uh, it was just, it, it was a power struggle. Um, Pharaoh wanted to be in control, but um, in the end, we know that he wasn't. So, um, all right. So that, that the hail came and went, and uh, Moses, or Pharaoh said, nope, still no, nothing. Um, So uh, God told them to put your livestock and slaves inside or they would perish from the hail. But what happened? Hail and fire destroyed plants, livestock, and people not undercover. In verse 25 of chapter 9, Pharaoh relented, but after the hail was stopped, he hardened his heart, and again he went back on his word and would not let them go. Do you see yourself in Pharaoh sometimes? I mean, here... It's a control issue, basically. We want to be in control, and God tells us and may direct us to do something, but even though things are pulling us in that direction, a lot of times we say no. And uh, a, lot, a lot of times it's with consequences, and the same thing is happening here with, with Pharaoh. He's just being stubborn and, and obstinate. Um, so um, in verse or the, the eighth one, was, is a locust. Now then, Pharaoh starts to bargain with Moses. Okay, only the men can go. Um, but nope, uh, Moses said, nope, the locust came and ate all the plants that the hail and the fire didn't consume. Um, he showed some remorse um, and said, Pharaoh said, I have sinned against the, the Lord. Um, the locusts were swept into the sea, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let Israel go. So we start to see here that Moses, or Moses, Pharaoh is starting to kind of let his guard down, so to speak, or he's starting to give in, but the human nature is still there um, fighting against, against God. Um, uh, number nine is the darkness, plague of the darkness. Darkness for three days in Egypt, but the Israelites had light. So here again, it affected only the Egyptians, but not the Israelites. 
Pharaoh said that they could go, but the livestock would remain. So the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart again and wouldn't let them go. He didn't want to use Moses. He, at this point, enough was enough. He didn't want to see Moses' face at all. Um, and the final plague was threatened, and we're not going to go into that this week, but we all know about that with, with all the, the firstborn dying. So all those plagues, um, just imagine. I can't imagine <laughs> all this going on and um, Pharaoh still not relenting and letting uh, Moses' people go. He had to go through all this and be worn down. And so, so what is the big picture message that we can see as we have looked at how God interacted with Pharaoh through Moses and Aaron? This section shows us that God is the ruler over all things. None of the magicians or any of the gods that the Egyptians worshipped were able to stop what God wanted to do. God brought his judgment on Egypt for their wickedness, and Pharaoh was shown to be weak, even though he thought he was strong. God demonstrated his power over the people and nature and bringing his plans to pass as he saw fit. So um, through all this, too, the Israelites were, were, were groaning, particularly at the beginning. Um, but, but they can see the power of God, the power of their God on display, and in all these plagues. So they were groaning and complaining at the beginning, but as they seen these plagues come about, it didn't affect them whatsoever. They said, whoa. I mean, not that they didn't think that God was real, but they seen what God was capable of doing. And um, so the Israelites were still groaning, but they can see the power of their God on display in all these plagues. Their hope must be building along with their trust in the Lord or in God who promised to deliver them. So they're seeing that, hey, hopefully God will deliver us and this will come to, to an end. So as Moses came to Pharaoh with the man from God, Pharaoh tried to play God. He called on his magicians to show Moses that his gods were just as powerful. His heart was hardened against obeying God and just brought just judgment. As the magicians tried to imitate the signs of God, they were able to dupe Pharaoh for a time. We can't be sure whether they were doing this through illusions or trickery or some demonic power like we discussed before. But God was still in control and much more powerful. Eventually, their powers were too small, and they had to admit that the true God was in control. Do we have to do that? Do we have to be ground down so hard? <laughs> We should know better, right? I mean, all of us in this room have had some experience with God. He has answered prayer. He has miraculously come about in all these different ways. And um, why are we so obstinate? I'm, I'm pointing my finger back at myself sometimes that I think it's a control thing. We want to be in control. But we got to realize God is in control, and God is the one that's driving the car, and the road and the trip will be a whole lot smoother <laughs> if we just sit back and let God, God work. But nope, sometimes uh, we just, we're just obstinate and we don't want to let God be in control. Uh, but, but those who are in Christ, we have a new nature, one that is no longer a slave to sin. We don't have to do or go through those hard times and be a, a slave and have those consequences. Um, God removes our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. But Pharaoh persisted in his sin and rebellion, and God brought his just judgment. 
The plagues are just a vivid reminder of how serious God considers obedience to be and how awesome his power is. Just as the Israelites cried out to God for deliverance from slavery, all those who call out to God for deliverance from their slavery to sin will be saved through faith in what Jesus has done. So anything stand out from these? Yeah, Chris. Yeah. And so my question is, is when does he stop? Because he may have only done it once, right? And then the rest of this is right. represented right. for us. Right. And then the second thing that comes to mind is, um, I don't know, is that okay. No, that's a good question. And I wrestle with the same thing. You know, it, it, in the beginning, Pharaoh's heart, he hardened his own heart. But then towards the end, God hardened his heart. But we see that throughout Scripture, that God hardens people's heart. I guess when we get up there and ask him, why do you do that? Or why did you do that? Why did you choose to work in that way? We don't know, but God's, God has a plan, and God knows what he's doing. It may not seem fair. I mean, to me, it doesn't seem fair. Okay, God's going to harden my heart on purpose. If he didn't harden my heart, would I have relented? You know, those are questions that we don't know. But that's a tough question. Oh, and the other one was, because there were so many plagues, right? Like, these people were living this in real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, obviously, it's most likely these multiple plagues were probable for us, right? Because after the second or third one, those people were like, okay, I get it. You know, my God's really strong. But I think it's most likely because he knew the Bible was to be written. I think he wanted to, to make, a, make a big point, a very big point, that, hey, I am in control, right? That's my guess. No, that's a good, good summation. Go ahead, Tara. Yeah, there's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on Pharaoh yeah. to, uh, to end this. Because, yeah, right, yeah, after... Nine times. <laughs> yes. That's the whole point. Well, he... He went through enough to get their attention that knowing that, for one, number one, the magicians can't replicate everything that I've done. And like I said, they may have duped him in, into a, a certain amount of time. But Pharaoh's seen that, hey, my magicians can't even do this. You know, grinding him down, grinding him down. And just like Chris was saying, it's for our admonition. Um, back in the New Testament, it says that these things were written for our admonition. And so these stories... Yeah, things were bad back then. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other questions? Anything stand out to you? Any question that I may not be able to answer, but I'll try? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think maybe we're a bit, little, little bit early, so you can go out and do whatever you need to, but appreciate the, the time and for the attention.